Hey, I'm Jacob Lewis, and you're listening to Neighbors. I've been to a handful of live storytelling events. They have blown me away every time. Stories are powerful. What can I say? I tried to get some places around Nashville to host what I was calling Neighbors Live. You guessed it, a live storytelling event right here in Nashville. No one would say yes, so I did what you do when no one says yes. I held it in my backyard. I got a keg of Gerst, my wife lit fires in four different fire pits, mind you, and people told stories. One storyteller was particularly compelling that night. He told a story of what life is like in a small Texas town when he felt the tug of something holding him back. Here's Thomas McKenzie. All right, so uh, I also am going to take you to a desolate land. A desert place of dehumanization. It's called Amarillo, Texas. Where I'm from. Amarillo, Texas. Anyone ever been to Amarillo, Texas? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I hope you're driving to a better place, Santa Fe or somewhere else. On my, I, I turned 18. On This is going to date me, like make me make you realize how much older I am than most of you. On August the 5th, 1989. I thank you very much. I can't see you because of this light in my face, but I, I would hurt you if I could see you. Um, August the 5th, 1989, I turned 18 years old, and me and my best friend Robert Pelfrey went to a party up in Amarillo, a party for a girl who was really pretty, and I uh, was going to France, and that was all. And so we... Uh, we went to that party, and then I was going to drive Robert back to his house in Canyon, Texas, which is a little tiny town south of Amarillo. And uh, it was late at night, and I was driving my father's car. It was his uh, blue 1986 Ford Taurus. Most of you are too young to remember what a Ford Taurus looked like. It looked like a big blue bubble, and... Uh, it was hideously ugly, and I, we were, and I, and I was driving him back to, to Canyon, and it was fairly late at night, and uh, he said, he said, let's stop and smoke, and I said, That's, that sounds good, let's stop and smoke, so we, we stopped and smoked for a while, we smoked some, some uh, tobacco products, and um, then I decided, to, we were going to drive him back, and so I drove him back into, towards Canyon, the little tiny town, and he said, uh, I said, you know, I need to, uh, I need to get some gas. And he goes, well, let's, let's get some, let's get some dew and some dough, man, which meant Mountain Dew and donuts. For those of you who are not live, 1989. I was like, dude, let's do it. Let's get some dew and dough, man. So we stopped. We stopped at the the Taylor Food Mart. And Taylor Food Mart is the only gas station that's open or was open in Canyon, Texas, in the middle of the night. It's about 2:30 a.m. on a Saturday. I believe it's a Saturday. You can look that up if you really care. And um, so we stopped, and we and I did something though I'd never done before. Now this is the in the day I, I I'm gonna just go with me on this one. Twenty somethings. This is the day in which there were no credit card slots on the gas thing. You had to, I know, you had to do one of two things. You either had to go inside and pay first, right, or you had to pump and then pay after. And I always pumped and paid after because it didn't make any sense to me to to pay first but my dad had given me a $50 bill for my birthday which I had not broken and I did not know if they would take a 50 and so I decided to do something I never done before I went in and I paid first and then pumped 
So I gave the man $10, which was a full tank of gas for a station wagon back in the day. And I came back out and I put the thing in the thing, right? Whoop. And put the little lever up there and stood there. And Robert gets out and goes, let's get to doing dough, man. I said, cool, man. So we went into the Taylor Food Mart. Now, now Robert Pelfrey was six foot seven, 300 pounds, and had really long hair. And I also had long hair because we were in heavy metal. And so, and we had long, dangly cross earrings. And um, because he was a Christian. And so we went in, and we got to do and tell, man. And then we came back out, and we got in the four-tar station wagon, and we started to drive away. And as I was driving away, I felt a pull, a pull on the four-tarus. What you should do... If you fail a pull on the four Taurus, is you should stop the car. You put it in park and see what's pulling your car. But that is not what I did. I said, well, there's a pull. I must push the gas harder, which I did. I pushed the gas harder, and the pull went away, and I heard this sound. And I said something that Jacob said I can't say. While we're here, it starts with another letter. Anyway, and I said that word, and... I looked in my rearview mirror because what I thought had happened was I had hit, you know, I don't know why they put these like concrete pillars next to the gas pumps, which is an invitation to scratch up your car. And I thought that's what I was like, oh, man, I just scratched up my dad's four-tar station wagon. Looked in my rearview mirror, and all of a sudden I saw nothing in my rearview but fire. (laughs) What had happened? And some of you have suspected this already. Is that... I had left the nozzle in my gas tank, and I had driven off. Now, here's the deal. All, if you do this, if you, do it tonight, right? Go up to the gas station and do that. And what's going to happen, because this is the modern day, this is the 21st century, is that the, little, the, the, the hose is going to pull out of the top, gas is going to get cut off, and you're going to drive off looking like an idiot with a hose coming out of your gas tank. What happened in the 20th century is that when I pulled, I pulled the whole gas pump out of the ground, right? And then having pulled it out of the ground, I dragged it across the pavement, gasoline flowing everywhere, and that's right, sparks. People remember? What's that called? Anyway, so the sparks launched the gasoline on fire. So I jump out of my car. There's fire all over the four-tar station wagon. The gas pump is still attached. And there was flame coming up the gas, the, the thing, towards the, the, the tank. Now, the, the theme of the evening is fear. And that is when I was afraid. Find out what happens after the break. And that is when, if I had been in the bathroom, it would have been helpful. And so I saw this happening, and I had the choice. I said, do I let my father's car blow up my best friend inside? Or do I try to do something about it? And so I tried to do something about it. I went over. I reached my hand into the flames. I grabbed hold of the gas pump, and I threw it to the side. While this is happening, Robert Pelfrey, six foot seven, 300 pounds, has Mountain Dew in one hand, donuts in the other, and cannot get his seatbelt off. Right? And so he's sitting there in the car. He's getting his seatbelt and he screams that word that Jacob told us not to scream, throws the stuff in the thing, pulls out the seatbelt, jumps out of the car. We run into the Taylor Food Mart at the same time. Now, while this is happening... The gas pump, one of the gas pumps has gone off. Now, you all are, once again, too young. Kuwait. All right? 
Kuwait, when the Iraqis left, what Saddam Hussein did was he set every oil well on fire. All right? That's what was happening at the Taylor Food Mart. But then, then the other two gas pumps that were next to it were like, I'll join that party. Kaboom! Kaboom! So it looked like Kuwait, right? Kuwait, fire shooting at 30 feet in the air, gas everywhere. We run into the Taylor Food Mart, and the lady who's working there is up against the wall with her eyes like this big. Like, no one is paying her enough to be here for this, right? And Robert Pelfrey looks at her and says, do you have a fire extinguisher? Right? Yeah, okay. And she goes, I think it's in the back. Robert, to which Robert responds, has this place been inspected recently? So we run into the back, we grab the fire extinguisher, we come out. By the time we come out, gasoline burns very quickly, right? By the time we come out, the gas has, it started to come down, and he goes, and then the gas, the fire extinguisher is out of extinguisher. So we're just staying there watching the Taylor Food Mart burn, okay? Staying there watching it burn. Now, Canyon, Texas is a very small Texas town and has a volunteer fire department. And that means that, like, Baptist Deacons are getting phone calls at 2.30 in the morning, right? And they're running down to the, to the fire station. They're putting on their gear, and they're all coming down to the Taylor Food Mart. By the time the, the volunteer fire department got there, with their gear on and everything else, the, there was, like, little tiny bits of fire on the, on the stands where the gas pumps used to be, right? And the gas pumps were lying hither and yon, right? So the so guy gets out of the truck and he has this giant tank and he goes, <laughs> looks at me and goes, and I was like, he gets in his truck and they go away. Now after him, two groups of people show up at the Taylor Food Mart at the same time. One is the police, right? So there's the Canyon City City in quotes police. There's the Randall County Sheriff's Department. There's West Texas State University's University Police because they're across the street. Right? And they're all, they all show up, and they all kind of surround the Taylor Food Mart. That's the inner circle. The outer circle is every drunk cowboy in, in Canyon, Texas. Because all the drunk cowboys saw the fire. Because if you've ever been to Texas, there is, there's, it's completely flat, right? And so there's no, like you can see things 30 miles away. And so all the cowboys were like, what's going on down at Taylor Mart? Well, let's go find out, Jethro. And so they all go down. And so there's a circle of cowboys in their pickups, drinking beer in the beds of their pickups while the cops are interviewing me. I interview with the cops for a while. The cops decide that they cannot do anything to me because I'm an idiot, because I knew it on purpose, and because I didn't leave private property. Thank you, Jesus. Right? And so they, uh, they take my statement and everything else. The cowboys are like, Woo, is that Tom McKenzie? He blew up Tamar. Woo! Right? So I'm like, we're there for a long time. It's about... 3.34 in the morning, I get in my car, and I realize that Robert Pelfrey's car is actually back at my house, not in Canyon. It's in the, and I lived in the middle of nowhere. So I'm like, oh, Robert, i got to drive you back to my house. He's like, it's okay, man, it's okay. My hand is burned, right? I'm, like, scared out of my mind. We get in the car, and we start driving back to my house. And all the way back to my house, like I say, in the middle of nowhere, we're driving down this West Texas highway, two-lane two blacktop, 4 o'clock in the morning, no one around. And we're just talking about, like, oh, my gosh, you know, we could have died, man. We could have died. Like, that, man, we could have died. And as we're talking about how we could have died, woo, cops are pulling me over. I like, come on. This is ridiculous. I get pulled over, and it's the Department of Public Safety, which is Highway Patrol, DPS. DPS trooper comes to the window, wraps on the window, woo, 
Yes, officer. Son, do you know how fast you were going? It's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know how fast I was going. He goes, you're going about 67 miles an hour. It's a 55 zone. Can I see your driver's license registration? I said, yes, sir. You can see my license registration. So I hand him my license. And he looks at it and he goes, McKenzie. He goes, you just have an incident down at the Taylor Food Mart? I said, yes, sir. I just blew up the Taylor Mart. He goes, he goes, man, they're laughing about that's all the radio. They're laughing about you in Austin right now. I was like, that's great. He says, he, he hands me the license back. goes, son, you're in enough trouble with your mama as is. Why don't you get on home? I said, thank you, sir. So I drove home, went to bed. My mom, next morning, sits on my bed. I feel the weight of my mom's butt. Pull out, turn over. There's my mom. She says, Thomas, do you have something to tell me? I said, I don't know what you're talking about, mom. She goes, Thomas, I just got a phone, phone call from Mr. Taylor. Taylor Food Mart? I said, oh, yeah. Uh, I blew up the Taylor Mart last night. She says, that's what he says. He's very upset. So uh, long short of it is that uh, when you have car insurance, you pay for um, damage you do to property. Like you might have like a, some kind of deductible. That's what paid for the Taylor Food Mart. Nothing happened to me. It was awesome, other than I got mocked for years, to, years and years. And I got a great story out of it. As an epilogue, I'll tell you that I have told that story more than once. I used to love to tell it in college because it was awesome. <laughs> and one night I told that story at a, at a big party, and I looked, at the, I looked out to everyone like I'm looking at you now, and I said, I said so uh, anyone can beat that? Young man raises his hand in the corner. The guy never, never heard him talk before. He raises his hand in the corner, and he says, I derailed the train. I'd like to thank all the storytellers from that night. Blake Stratton, Josh Nava, Thomas McKenzie, Jeff Durham, Jenna Horn, and Allison Inman. As of the release date of this story, I am in my second week at the Transom Story Workshop, a two-month radio training program in Woods Hole, Massachusetts. If you'd like to find out about the awesome people at Transom, and they are awesome, let me tell you, visit transom.org. While you're there, maybe you'll apply to come in the fall. Let me tell you, Cape Cod ain't bad. I'm Jacob Lewis, reminding you to get to know your neighbors. Bye.